Hey legends, welcome along to the Scheme Me Up Body. I am your host, Rodney Stewart, and we're getting on to season one of Star Trek Discovery with the episode Vaulting Ambition. And uh, yes, I am so sorry that this podcast has been on hiatus for so long. Uh, I was fully intended to be on top of everything for the beginning of season three of Star Trek Picard, but I got so blown out of the water by that series that uh, I just wanted to be selfish and sit and wait and watch it all for myself and not even talk to anybody about it, just enjoy it with my eyeball sockets and gosh, it's been finished for so long now but having said that, I did fall down the rabbit hole of Star Trek Voyager again so even though I haven't been putting out podcasts, I've been Star Trek and it up something shocking so we're here now, we're going to get this finished, we're going to go daily on this podcast if possible so yes, at the beginning of this episode um, uh, heading towards the ISS Sharon, Sharon, I hope I pronounce that properly, Burnham and Larka, they leave uh, in the shuttlecraft and they're travelling at warp one and Burnham engages autopilot just after they leave and uh, she goes to attend to Larka who's restrained at the back of the, the shuttle uh, before Burnham and Larka departed the Discovery. Saru managed to decrypt the data on the USS Defiant and uh, the data was transferred to Burnham carried on board the shuttle uh, however much of the data is redacted and you know one thing I should say here I'm wondering if I've got a friend in Canada Marie that's uh, recently gotten into Star Trek in a major way I don't know what way she's checking these out I think she's gone through the older stuff first and waiting to get into the newer shows but if you happen to be listening to this Marie um, I would recommend getting through Star Trek Enterprise before you get into these episodes because the, the Defiant that they're talking about in this series essentially in these few episodes um, there's a two-parter an enterprise called uh, In the Mirror Darkly, I want to say. Uh, it's in the final season of Enterprise. Two-part story covers the Defiant that they're talking about in this series. So um, having that information in your head before you watch this here could be helpful. Um, yeah, so a lot of the Defiant data is uh, redacted and uh, yes, uh, they revealed that the Defiant crossed over to the parallel universe through interphasic space but the location of the anomaly was removed and Lorca suggests that Burnham should look for the information on the original file whenever she gets to the, the ship that they're heading to which is likely to be found in the Imperial Palace uh, Burnham appears to be hesitant about the idea but remains silent. Uh, she takes out a hyperspray that has this analgesic she prepared following Lorca's request. He knows what's going to happen to him when he gets there. He's going to be put into the agonizers again. They were introduced in Star Trek Enterprise. So yeah, that information is probably going to be 
good to have anyway. Well, it's, it's pretty self-explanatory on this series anyway. Um, yes, sensing Burnham's hesitation about finding the mission information on Defiant, Mark assures Burnham of her ability. She's still unconvinced. Uh, she returns to her seat and she reveals her fear of confronting Philippa Giorgio. Uh, this is the shock at the end of the final last episode was seeing her former captain now alive as the emperor in this episode um, so she just she can't distinguish between her Georgiou and this one Larkin reminds her that Philippa of her universe is dead and describes this one as a mere ghost and Burnham counters Lorca by asking whether he has ever been afraid of ghosts. So the conversation is swiftly interrupted as the shuttlecraft computer informs them that they have reached their destination, uh, the security perimeter. Uh, the shuttlecraft comes out of warp drive and approaches the Imperial Palace. Um, yes, revealing the hull of a massive, massive ship. While still paralysed, uh, Stan Met's condition vastly improves after Tully began treating him with uh, sporal therapy uh, and engineering. Tully informs Saru excitedly that Stan Met's improvement across all biological metrics, but Saru does not share the optimism that she has uh, when the defiant. Bleh, where the Defiant had entered the parallel universe remains unknown, and Stan Met's condition has not improved quickly enough to assist Discovery and the return to their universe using spore drives. So they're pretty screwed as long as he's in this coma. Saru is then asked to report to Sick Bay, but before leaving, Saru asks Tully to take charge of curing Stan Metz. Um, so we cut inside. The mycelial, net, mycelial network, and uh, we get to see what Stan Metz conscious is doing, and uh, he encounters uh, a version of himself. And this guy, this version of Stan Metz, is native to the mirror universe, uh, not recognizing that he is inside the network. Stan Metz asks his counterpart of he's. Experienced, uh, experiencing the afterlife and of course the other guy jokes that yeah um, Stan Met you were wrong about the existence of God and for that reason she is very angry and after being amused uh, by Stan Met's initial confusion the other one reveals their true location so uh, the pair introduce themselves and shake hands and then there's a flash and they find themselves inside the uh, the discovery uh, as an illusion of the starship uh, the mycelium network created to resemble the discovery and just something that's familiar to Stan Metz and uh, yes he, the other Stan Metz explains that he's a astro-mycologist <laughs> hope that word was pronounced properly and he's working on board the, the Sharon, the, the, the ship that uh, Burnham is now currently on. 
an accident with his research has trapped him and his neural energy inside the network while his physical body is in a catatonic state they're both in the same boat essentially uh, it's revealed that uh, the images Stan Metz has been seeing while traveling the mycelial network were attempts from this other Stan Metz to make contact with him so that he could escape the network himself so uh, while trying to locate the, the network's exit the pair encounter a network corruption which is like this mad shadowy sort of thing um, before the corruption could reach them they escape by entering engineering uh, where they believe the exit to be located uh, we cut over to the Imperial Palace G- Georgiou <laughs> I'm pretty sure I say her name wrong every time so I'm just going to refer to her as the Emperor she receives Burnham and Lorca and she tells Burnham that she didn't expect to see her alive and she invites Burnham to choose a Kelpian stand on the side of the court uh, three Kelpians turn to look at Burnham blankly while Burnham looks at them with puzzled eyes and uh, the Emperor senses Burnham's confusion and tells him tells Burnham that she should know what to look for in a Kelpian one of the Kelpian tilts his head and makes a clicking sound Burnham decides to choose him the, the Kelpian is then taken away and uh, you know after discussing uh, after the confusing affair sorry my handwriting is absolutely shocking I should have been a doctor Burnham collects herself and presents the emperor with the gift of Lorca Lorca refuses to bow to the emperor and he's beaten with a scepter following which he collapses on the floor and the emperor orders Lorca to be placed in the agonizers again introduced in Star Trek Enterprise and he's going to be there for the rest of his life uh, Lorca's carried away to Brig C uh, as part of the orders of Captain Maddox uh, after the Kelpian and Lorca are dismissed the Emperor finally welcomes Burnham and expresses how happy she is that she, Burnham did not die looking for Lorca so uh, of course the Emperor's assuming that this is her version of Burnham and not the one from the Prime Universe. Uh, she invites Burnham to dinner and uh, as she caresses Burnham's face and calls her dear daughter. So it's a bit of a head racker for Burnham in this episode. And uh, yeah, it's going to get good by the end of this one. So I just want to say here before we go any further that... Uh, Spoilers, massive spoilers. I'm going to destroy it for you completely. So, if you don't want to know, get off the podcast now and uh, go check out the episode and come back and hang out with me later. Um, back on the discovery, Ash Tyler is resistant sed- sedation and sick bay. Uh, doctors aren't sure how to treat him and confirms the state of his personality, focusing, focusing on through. Tyler, he claims, calms down enough to ask about Burnham and uh, to ask Saru to help him. Uh, we cut back over. Uh, Lorca continued to be tortured. Uh, 
the Emperor Burnham share a meal prepared by the Imperial chef. Uh, when Burnham tells the Emperor the food is delicious, the Emperor reveals that they have been eating kelpian. So this freaks Burnham out no end, but she has to stay in the character for where she's at. Uh, of course, she doesn't want to be. She's eating basically one of her colleagues, you know, Saru's a kelpian. So she's like, you know, pretty much thrown up inside her own mouth, but she has to finish the meal to make it convincing. Uh, yes, uh, Burnham, of course, she's fed the Afraid Ganglia by the Emperor using a pair of chopsticks. Uh, Burnham reaches her head. Uh, excuse me. Yeah. She hesitantly takes it and eats it, of course, has to stick with it. Um, Burnham quickly means, learns that her, my actual handwriting, I am so sorry, guys. I just, I cannot read my own handwriting. That's shocking. <laughs> so Burnham learns that her counterpart in the mirror universe is adopted and given education by the emperor. And emperor... The Emperor confronts her and being soft and asks her why she haunted Lorca. Uh, when she doesn't get the reply she expected, she reveals that she knew Burnham conspired with Lorca and takes a knife to Burnham's neck. And, uh, yeah, Burnham fails to call her mother. Uh, she usually did, which prompts the Emperor to sentence her to death, essentially. Uh, back in the Mycelio network, uh, Stan Metz shows his counterpart some data on the experiments of the spores and shows his arms. Uh, he then sees Culber and immediately runs out after him. One thing, uh, just as I'm going over this on my notes that jumped out to me, like, I was pretty. Like, it, it's, it's Star Trek, it's sci fi, it's bubblegum for the brain, it's sit down, chill out, enjoy some sci-fi for 45 minutes to an hour, however long the episode might run, uh, I find in these newer episodes, like, you know, the run times are not usually identical, you know, back in the old shows they usually ran to the usual 45 minutes or so, but these could run from anything from, you know, 40 minutes to an hour, someone maybe longer than an hour, but uh, one thing in this episode is never they started to use computers on this version of Discovery to give each other information and of course follow the viewer on, on what's happening. I'm kind of thinking to myself, okay, this version of the Discovery that they're on is like all inside their heads, essentially. It's inside the Mycelio network, so would they actually have the ability to access that information? Goodness knows, just one of those random thoughts you get whenever you're watching these things, but we'll just, we'll take it with a pinch of salt, it is what it is. Um, yeah, so Stan Metz is running after Dr. Culber on this ship. Uh, back over with Burnham. Uh, she's in front of the Emperor, uh, in front of all our captains, and Burnham gives up the plan, admitting that she's from an our universe, and given proof from her uniform, uh, Georgie takes the the insignia, which is her counterpart in the Prime Universe, and uh, 
there's a you know you scan the metal of it and there's an element in there that's not you know in this universe it's the only way to, to, to you know tell for sure if someone's from an R universe or not so she scans it and uh, yeah suddenly the emperor picks up a device triggers it and immediately, immediately kills all but one of our captains and uh Swearing the last remaining one to secrecy, get rid of the bodies, and I'll you know make it worth your while, more or less. So back on Discovery, of course we've got Lorel locked up on Discovery. So Saru goes to her to give her food and asks about Taylor, Tyler, and Lorel is proud and saying that he has awoken and uh, he's a devoted warrior. And will light the way to victory. And Saru explains that, you know, where they're at, uh, the war is over. Everybody's in jeopardy. He's hoping to get some cooperation from her. But she, she relents explaining that what they did to Ash, Tyler, and Vok, and that Vok accepted his suffering. You know, that's just that's the way it is. He's a warrior. He made his bed. He's going to have to lie in it now. Uh, so we, we're cutting back and forth, back and forth, keeping track of everything that's going on. Stan Metz back in the network. Uh, uh, he finds the network as modeling discovery for him in a major way. Everything's there, his quarters and whatnot. Uh, he pursues Colbert and eventually reaches him in their quarters. Uh, the doors close and they talk and uh, Colbert confirms that he's dead and not really on the network. We cut back over to Burnham. Burnham appeals to the Emperor. Excuse the noise outside the office. An arsehole of a bored out exhaust in this car. <laughs> Burnham appeals to the Emperor to help them get back to their universe. And uh, the Emperor admits she knows about their universe through the logs of the starship Defiant. And denounces the Federation's ideals and she explains that the crew of the Defiant went insane and killed each other for the way they came across from one reality to the other, one universe to the other. The, the trip will drive you insane, you'll end up killing each other. You know, it's, it's not something that's going to work out for you, more or less. Uh, so she wants to know how the Discovery made it to their universe. You know, obviously they didn't come the same way as the Defiant. And uh, they make a deal and Burnham gets the help. Um, Saru shows Lorel what Tyler is doing to himself and ask, asks her to help him. She refuses. So Saru beams Tyler under the cell with her and uh, she finally breaks down and agrees. Uh, of course, she was in love with Vok and, you know, she obviously... I had to go with Tyler a time or two in the past. Uh, so she agrees, but it's only her hands that can perform the operation. So back over on the Emperor's ship, Lorca has still been tortured when this guy, Maddox, answered, enters. <laughs> and uh, he proudly informs him that they've been rounding up all his loyalists. And he wants Lorca to admit what he did to Maddox's sister, or else he'll kill another of Lorca's allies. So at this stage, you know, you're thinking, 
you know, Lorca doesn't know anything about this. You know, how, how is he going to know this woman's name? And uh, this guy uses the DNA of an exotic species to kill the man that he brought in to, you know, annoy Lorca and try to get him to apologize and say his sister's name. Um, yeah, so that's a, a nasty, nasty kill, this thing. It's like the, the DNA of this species is uh, like acidic, let's just say, to humans. And uh, this guy like hypersprays the guy, essentially. And he just kind of burns from the inside out. Uh, back on Discovery, Lorel holds this device to Tyler's head which eventually makes him calm down and she starts to describe his past in English which makes her cry out as if he died. Um, I didn't write that well. You know, she goes over the, the Klingon of, you know, whatever the rituals were and she's saying one thing and Vok, you know, Tyler and Vok's voice is repeating and as she's doing this thing to his head he slowly stops speaking Klingon starts speaking English and uh, yeah, you can see in the computer screens that the, the brainwave activity in him is starting to settle down and Vok is extinguished from his mind essentially so she cries out in the Klingon way uh Right now, at this point, Falk is officially dead, so she screams head up in the air, as we've seen a good few times in the history of Star Trek. So back in the Mycelio Network, Stan Metz tells Copper that he did see Tyler kill him. Uh, he then plays some music so that his counterpart can't hear him. Uh, they relive the memory of them at night telling each other about their day. Colbert says to Stan Metz was right about the network and it's now in danger and uh, he says Stan Metz's counterpart is corrupting the network and Stan Metz must save it so uh, Stan Metz only partially interested not wanting to say goodbye kisses Colbert and Colbert tells him to look for the clearing uh, Stan Metz's counterpart then wakes up on the Charon uh, while Stan Metz wakes up on the Discovery and he brings Tully to the spore room but it's too late, all the spores are now dead and gone the Discovery at this point is trapped in the mirror universe uh, back over in the Sharon uh, we did a lot of jumping back and forth there's a hell of a lot I've noticed in the, they pack a a lot onto some of these episodes and I have said in the past that I think a bit of the film for the earlier Star Trek, well these newer Star Trek shows especially in the earlier seasons of it it was almost as if um, in my mind as far as the story goes I kind of felt stretched out quite a bit I felt that big time in both season one and season two of Picard um, quite a few times in this season of Discovery they kind of feel the same thing but in this episode there's a hell of a lot on there so uh, yes Burnham calls Saru and has them come to the Sharon uh, the Emperor then says she is reluctant to let Lorca go 
uh, shockingly, she starts to argue that Lorca is actually the mirror universe of Lorca, noting the sensitivity to light, recalling all of Lorca's behaviours that match the Emperor's descriptions. Uh, so we get all these flashbacks of, at this point, it starts to dawn on Burnham. Oh gosh, this Lorca that I've known throughout this entire series up to this point is actually the Lorca from the Mirror Universe. And uh, Burnham realises that she's right and that the Mirror Lorca has been impersonating the Prime Universe all the time. Uh, needing Burnham to get to the Emperor. This has been his plan all along. Meanwhile, Lorca continues to refuse to comply to Maddox's request. Lorca fakes his own death uh, and they agonise her and when Maddox rushes to get him out of the agonizer and fear that the Emperor will punish him for killing Lorca too quickly. Uh, Maddox uses defibrillators in an attempt to revive Lorca but once he's in the compromised position about to go in there, Lorca attacks and ultimately kills Maddox by electrocuting him using the defibrillators and born forced trauma to the high, to the head. Um, hovering over his body, Lorca says, Ava, her name was Ava. So it's a beautifully done sequence where this is kind of skipping between what's happening between the Emperor and Burnham and Burnham working out who this Lorca actually is. And then you get the confirmation from Lorca himself when he's able to answer the question that if, it was, that if he was actually the Prime Universe, Lorca would never know. And uh, he says, Laura, or Ava, her name was Ava, and I liked her. But you know how it is. Somebody better came along referring to Burnham. So he has uh, an obsession with Burnham. Let's just say both Burnhams at this point. He lost the Burnham in his own universe. He got over to the Prime Universe, found the other Burnham. Now he's trying to get a hold of her as well. Um, yes. Uh, yeah, so that's pretty much where the episode finishes off. We get the bombshell that uh, Lorca, that we've all grown to love up to this point, because he's a damn damn good character for a starship captain he's one of these ones that's just a, a sticks out like a sore thumb I liked him a hell of a lot and so the the uh, the bombshell that he's actually a mirror universe of the Lorca we don't actually ever get to meet the real Lorca uh, as a yeah that's a good piece of storytelling I have to say now I was very very happy with this episode so uh, I think we're going to leave it there, guys. We've been talking long enough here. So I'm trying to recall what way we're doing these episodes now, but we're, we're skipping between essentially three different series here at the, this point. So we're going to go daily. We'll have Discovery. We'll have uh, an episode of the original series. And we'll have an episode of, I believe, we're still in season two of Star Trek Picard. So we're back. We're going daily. That's all good, and I will talk to you in the next episode. This has been a production of Coins Age Media. Thank you so much for listening.